get on into the end of the time in the word this morning. Father, as we start into this time, as we continue the series in heaven, on heaven, Father, we just pray that you would bless the word and, and help us to, to get a grasp and understanding what you have in store for us. Father, as, as uh, sojourners on this present earth, God, help our understanding to be open and, and that we would really grasp uh, an eternal view as we've been talking about over the last three weeks. Uh, that this life is not all that there is, and uh, that you have so much, so much more, Father, and that we really should be heavenly minded. Father, I pray that you would bless our time in the Word. Father, help me to uh, talk about the Scriptures in, in, uh, in, a, in a proper way. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, over the, over the past few weeks, we, we've been talking about this subject of a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, talking about heaven, and we've, we've already gone through that. We won't rehash those things. I encourage you, if, you, if you've missed it, you go, go back and listen to some of the messages uh, to catch up. But, you know, we as Christians, this is not our final destination. We're just, just a passing through, as the old, old hymn said. Uh, and, and there's another world waiting for us, another place. And that's, that's he- we call it heaven. And yet we've already discussed that heaven is actually going to be a new earth and a new heaven. And so we've been learning these things. We've been talking about being eternally minded, helping to get out of ourselves and out of our day-to-day um, thinking, our day-to-day ruts, and realize that this world is not all that there is. And that's really important for us to do because we're under so much uh, pressures and stress. Sometimes living this life can, can really weigh us down or can also consume us that we get so busy. And for the, the thought of heaven needs to permeate our beings and help us to know that we are uh, built for something more than just this temporal earth that we're living on. And so we're going to, this morning I wanted to address a few of the specifics um, of the timing and order of, of eschatology, which is the study of the last things, the things that are going to happen at the end of times. Um, go into some, a number of scriptures today. So you know, we're just going to, I'm, I'm sitting, it's going to be more of a, of a time of teaching. Um, we're going to read some passages and talk about, well, what does all this look? What's the timing here? But before we go into those things, I want to talk about some, some issues that are happening in the world today and that you've been hearing about and maybe you've been on your heart. And, um, and, and how do these connect with our life as a Christian? I think sometimes too often we compartmentalize our faith, our Christian faith, and, and what's happening in the world. And there, it's one and the same. Our Christian faith needs to be in every part of our life. It needs to help, uh, help us understand that we are eternal and that things that happen in other parts of the world are part of the Christian story as well as the, as the story of God. Um, I've been noticing, and I, I think I'm going to do a series on, on Facebook theology pretty soon because, because there's a theology coming to us from Facebook. We read stories all the time, and it's helping to form and fashion our belief system. And we don't realize it, but, but we, get, we get sucked in. Uh, some of you have Facebook on your phone. I actually do. Um, and I'm, you know, and so, so the temptation is we get a, a little, you know, if you guys know, you get the sound. You get your little ding, and boy, you have to find out what happened. Somebody posted something, and it could affect my life forever. You know, we, we, we laugh and giggle, but then part of, some of you, some of us are going, that's me. You know, I act like if, if I don't get on my answer of my Twitter or my Facebook or my Snapchat or, or my uh, Pinterest 
or what's, what's the other one that's Instagram, thank you. The Instagram that, you know, man, my life is going to, I'm going to miss something. And so yet we're reading these stories constantly. We're reading people's uh, updates and stories, and, and it's, it's beginning to form and fashion our theology and our belief system, I believe, and we need to be very careful of the things that we're reading. We have so much access to media, to information, that there's really an overload, and, and, it's, and it's a, it affects us. Um, the things that are happening this week in the last couple of weeks, specifically, um, specifically what I'm thinking of is what's happening in Iraq with the Christians being um, more than persecuted. They're being martyred. They're being killed. A genocide happening in, in Iraq at the hands of, of extremist, you know, Islam, the ISIS group. And it's, it's in our face. You know, I was talking to Pastor Jeff this morning, and, and he had a little bit more insight even of, of the history. This is the more than 70th time that this people group have been persecuted. But it's, it's new for us because the media is right here screaming at us. Persecution has been happening forever in the world. People, Christians have been dying for their faith since the beginning of time. The very, Jesus started it. He, he died for what he taught. And then all the disciples immediately after, except for one, were all martyred for their faith. At the destruction of the temple in the first century, the Caesar Nero was, was lighting Christians on fire, putting them on stakes in his garden, setting them ablaze for nightlights in the first century. Christians have been dying for their faith literally for, for 2,000 years. This isn't to, to diminish this, but so this is coming up and we're seeing it and we're hearing it and we're, we're affected. Um, what do we do with this information? In fact, I, I have to admit I was, I was appalled at, at not having even a, the, the, the warning of a censorship. I wasn't ready for it looking at my Facebook post the other day. I wasn't ready for one of the pictures that was just posted and it was a pile of, of dead children. And, and it's, it's coming to us, right? I mean, you've seen that. We've, we've been seeing this. So what do we do as, as Christians? How do we take this information? At, on, at the same time, we, we then have the death of, of an entertainment icon, Robin Williams. And interesting, and, and I, interesting that, that I, somebody, somebody went and counted up uh, how many posts were about his death compared to how many posts were about these, you know, dozens and dozens, really hundreds at this point, thousands maybe, of, of people that were killed and crucified and beheaded. And the, the many more posts about Robin Williams. Many more posts. Every death, every life is important. But, but it's interesting. We, just, we, we get this information and we're just led all over the map. And we don't even know how to, do we know how to process it? I don't know if we know how. Um, you know, the Ferguson, you know, we're, we're, we're watching the news reports of the, the riots and things in Ferguson, Missouri with the shooting of the, the black kid and um, the North Korea, the sinking, the, the sinking of, the, of the ferry and, and they're wondering, is that, was that a, um, a, a South Korea, but was it a North Korean attack and so are we ready to go at war there and, and this information is coming. Is it confusing to you? It's confusing to me. What do we think? How do we process what's going on? If we don't understand who God is, if we don't understand God's plan for us, 
his plan for the earth, this plan for the lost, then, then we're very lost. If we, if we are living this life just for our day-to-day and what we can do and what we're going to work and we're stuck in the day-to-day temporal things, then we have no hope. Everything's overwhelming, which, which is probably why at the same time all of these horrible things are going on, on in the world that when you cruise down Facebook, you've got all these also wonderful things. You know, this, the horse eating the reporter's ear, funny things, licking them, and, and things that make us laugh. And how do we, how do we go from a tragedy? My, my, I'm thinking of my little mouse wheel. Wow, look at all those dead children. Oh, look at this cute little video of a kitty cat. It's strange. It's, it's really horrible. And we're, we're just kind of going along and being tossed. And, you know, I, I believe that having access to this much information is not good for us. We don't know how to handle it. Our brains aren't equipped for it. You know, the Bible says in the last days there will be an increase in, in technology and information. And boy, we're there. Uh, but we really aren't equipped to be able to handle We have enough crisis in our own backyard. Um, there, I guess there was a, a stabbing in a, and I don't know if they was, I don't think the person died, but in Fonskin. And the person who did the stabbing was on the loose. I'd seen a, seen a little report. I don't know if they caught him or not. So, I mean, there's literally in our backyard, there's, there's crime and things. And yet we're being bombarded constantly of what's happening down the hill, uh, in a, up, up north, and then in a further east of the, the nation. And then we go begin to go the border and then all the countries around where there's all this, and it's constant barrage of information. How do we process this? What do we do? Well, part of the reason we've been going through the series of the book of John and the reason that we've been spending this time on heaven is to help us as Christians get grounded and understand that this world is not our home, that there's a bigger picture, there's a bigger calling for us as Christians a place that we will go, but also that we would be able to help others navigate this life and, and get to heaven because there is more. And this world, it is, there's such an understatement for us. We think it's such an understatement um, when we see all these tragedies. But, John, but, but Jesus, and we'll be getting this in just a few weeks when we get back into the book of John, in chapter 16, verse 33, he's talking about what's going to happen to them and to him and he says in verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He's talking to his disciples, 10 of which are going to be martyred. It seems like an understatement. In this world you will have trouble. <laughs> that's, that, that's an understatement. You, but, but yet, yet, when we compare it to the glory of heaven, the glory of eternal life, whatever happens here on this earth is simply trouble. But, but how do we navigate? How do we understand? And that's this, this idea, okay, God, this is, there are no words for the pictures I've seen about what's happening in Iraq. There are no words. Let's go back. Who saw the movie Hotel Rwanda? Who, so if you saw it, who remembers the Rwandan genocide? And that was back, that, that, that was, that was, it was in, in Rwanda, obviously, and I believe it was over a million people in a very, very short time were, were, were killed. And th- both groups were Christian. 
they killed each other. They didn't kill each other over their faith. It was, it was crazy. But, but a genocide of two basically identical tribes of people, the Tutsis and the Hutus and the Tutsis, horrible. If, 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 if the movie, I think, was well done. It, it helped, to, helped to bring that to the forefront. There was a, the, not that long ago in, in the Congo, uh, the war in the Congo that killed so many millions of people. I think it was maybe four million total people. Constantly, there are, are deaths and geno- some are genocides and some are wars and it's all happening all the time. And I think, in this world, you will have trouble. For us, trouble means that my Starbucks card didn't work when I went in there. And, and, they, and they didn't put my extra shot in my Frappuccino. Yeah, we have more trouble than that. But, but yet sometimes, you know, I, I'm reading it on Facebook. I mean, people are posting, oh, my goodness, what a rough day I had. <laughs> now, we know that, that many of us in this room, all of us in this room have gone through troubles that are much more serious than that. But when we think of, of what's happening in some other places or, or maybe what is happening in your life of, of, of deaths and, um, you know, of murder and genocide, what do we do? Well, Jesus told us in this, in this world we're going to have trouble. Um, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, let's go ahead. I'll go there real quick. I'll give you a chance. We can read along. Second Timothy. I'm past it. It says, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but not denying its power. And from such people turn away. You know, this, I, this scripture describes, I believe, this nation to a T. To a T. These, these things are rampant in, in this nation. They're, they're lovers of themselves and of money and were boastful and proud and blasphemers and disobedient to parents. And you, and you go through there, and you, you know, that's, that's happening. Not just, not just in the world, it's happening in the church. This, this describes us. And then, but in verse 5, it says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And, and a lot of the people that do the things before that still have a form of godliness. You know, they talk about getting along and being loving, and wouldn't God want us to do that? And it, and it traps all of our thing. It's crazy. But they deny its power. They deny the true God who it's from. Second Peter 3, let's go to there. Very similar, similar passage. In this one, if you want to mark it and read all of it later, it would be, it would be great. We're not going to read the whole, the whole part here, but 2 Peter chapter 3, from 3 to 18, it talks about the end times also. 
Verse 3 says, knowing this, first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. That describes what's happening. It's all about me and how we feel. And this is, this is a scripture, it's, but I, I think it's been happening forever. There's been those who would just walk according to anything, whatever they wanted. They would say, where is the promise of his coming? We're talking about heaven over this time. The scripture jumps out because a lot of people saying, you know, yeah, we've been talking about his coming forever and he hasn't come. And, and, and we get off track and we just kind of leave those things alone. And then, and then it helps us to, to walk off into the world because we think that maybe he isn't coming. And verse 5 says, they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of water and in water, by which the world that they existed perished, being flooded with water. What is it? We, the people live a life like this, and they forget the Bible. And says, we need to go back to the Bible. We need to go back to our roots in our Christianity. And so, you know, Second Second Timothy three, Second Peter three talks about the times that we're we're living in. In second, in, in verse starting in verse ten in Second Peter three, it says, "The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night." in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells and then verse 14 says therefore beloved looking forward to these things be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless consider that the long suffering of our lord is salvation is also our beloved brother paul so we look forward to these things we need to keep our hope steadfast on god we need his peace we need to know how to live the bible t- gives us that we tells us we need to live uprightly, soberly, righteously in these days of turmoil. The day of the Lord is coming. And in the last days, we'll know the terrible times will we'll come. And are we living in the very last days? Because the Bible said that the days that they were living in in the, in the New Testament were the last days. So we've been in the last days for the whole 2,000 years. So we don't know if the, if the end is, is upon us now or if it's going to wait another 40 or 50 or 100 years. I went, there was a website that I went to, and it's put out by an organization uh, that, that tracks statistics. And it was talking about how, many, how much you know, money's made, how much jobs are, are created, how many cars are made, uh, how much uh, electricity is used every day. It was interesting that according to this, you know, our oil reserves are, are under 50 years left for the oil that drives our cars. The natural gas supplies on this earth are about 130 years more, so we'll have natural gas longer, we'll have oil. If, these, if, these, if this thing is true, and you go, wow, this, it's like a clock winding down, winding down. So how should we live? See, if our hope is in this world, we're in trouble. Let's just get onto Facebook, delete all the people who are talking anything negative, look at all the little fun videos of kittens, and just pretend life is just great, and, 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 and you know, hide But, 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 this, but this world is, is passing away, but we have the answer to, to the world's problems. Jesus. You know, those that are being persecuted for their faith, when the ISIS group, they, they gave a, uh, they said, you can convert, pay a fine, which I'm still not sure how that worked, you know, or, 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 or be faced by the sword. You can die a martyr's death. So that means that all the people who have been killed 
they chose to remain in Christ. They chose not to convert. Facing death, and not just thinking that death might come, watching your neighbor die. They said, I'm going to stay faithful to Jesus. Why? Because they know what's up with heaven. They know that this world is not the end, that they need to stay steadfast in the things of the faith, that that the moment that they died for Christ, they were with Christ in heaven, in that intermediate place, and so that it was worth it. Those parents who made that sacrifice of, 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 do I let my child be killed, dismembered, beheaded by them? And they were throwing their own children off of cliffs. I don't know what I would do in that moment. I don't know if you heard that news report. That some of the parents, the Christian parents, made the choice to throw their children off and have a quick death rather than being tortured and brutalized by ISIS. How do we deal with this? Is that right? I'm not going to judge that moment for them. It's horrific. But, but why and how did they do that? Because they know that this world is not all there is and that there is something waiting And the moment we pass from death to life that we're with Jesus and thank God for that. Why is it not a topic that we discuss? Because truthfully, our lives aren't that bad in this nation. At the worst, they're difficult, but it, it kind of moves on. People throughout the ages in other third world countries, they've been suffering persecution and death forever. And so this whole series, this series that we've been going through is about helping us to say, no, we, we have a future home, and it's, it's better than this. And so this, this message series is not about giving us information. That's not what, I don't want to preach a message just to say, well, I think we should have some more information about what we believe. We want to be transformed by the Word of God and understand that the Word of God is, is our life. The Word of God is where we get all of our hope. And that's why we've been take going through heaven. And, and so even as we continue on in this, in this study, the purpose behind it is to say, okay, these things were written for us, that, that this isn't a story. This is our life. This is our hope that there is a heaven coming. And, and how is that going to be played out? When we start getting into the, this next section, I, and I wanted to give a basic timeline, there's a lot of, a lot of debate on the timeline, so I'm not going to be dogmatic about what's going to happen exactly first and, and things, but I'll, I want to bring some of the, the other thoughts to, to light and, and talk about the how does this work? We know that heaven's coming, but what happens before we get to our final destination? There's a lot of different viewpoints that, that, that are abound, abound um, all around us. And, and before we, we, we go on, let's... Let's just take a minute and sit before the Lord. Ask Him to help us process life, process the gospel. And just after a few, uh, just maybe 30 seconds of silence, I'm just going to pray, um, pray for those in Iraq and throughout the world that are, that are being persecuted and martyred. But, but just take a moment to sit in His presence and, and let Him begin to come and,
God, we don't know how to process, to deal with the things that are happening in the world. So, Lord, we'd ask for supernatural ability to understand your word, to understand your heart, to know you, God, and, and uh, to be eternally minded. Father, I don't want to ever diminish the, the real sufferings that we go through in this country. Lord, and I know, I know that my words do, Father, but I know that when somebody is, is struggling or suffering through the loss of a job, the loss of a, a loved one, the, the threat of a, a sickness and illness, God, um, Lord, that we, are, we really are suffering and we need a touch from you. God, and so I pray for all those that are in this room that are, that are going through trials and tribulation, that you'd walk with them and help them to process their own hurt and the things that are going on. Father, as a congregation, we turn our hearts right now to, to Iraq, to the believers, to those that are, that are being persecuted for their faith and just being persecuted in general, that you would um, be with them. God, that you would stop the atrocities in the name of Jesus. God, that you would, would cause your spirit to, to rain down God, and be manifest even to the ungodly. They would stop, Lord, and that you would visit those that are already, that have already been moved from their homes and they're, they're fleeing for their lives, for their very lives, that you would, God, bring a supernatural comfort that I can't imagine could even exist outside of you. Lord, we pray that, that we as believers throughout the world, throughout the United States especially, would wake up to these things and and be, we'd be open to things that you might put on our heart to do if we can, Lord, to pray. And, and if there's anything else, Father, but to be aware and then help us to process. God, help us to have an eternal perspective so that we know what to do with the information that we have. God, there's other countries, Father, there's still Syria and so much happening in, in different parts of Africa with persecution. And be with the believers there, strengthen them. Strengthen the pastor in Iran who's, who's facing imminent death for his belief in you. And then as believers, Father, I, can't, I pray for us in this room because this is where we're at. Help us to, to be able to process things through the word of God. Even as we're going through this, this study of, of, of end times and what is heaven like, God, help us to help these things, pro help us to process, because it's just a crazy world we live in. Lord, we look forward to your coming. We look forward to no more tears and no more pain and no more sorrow. God, we thank you that you've welcomed in so many people recently who died for their faith, and, and they're there with you. God, comfort those who are left behind in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How to connect these, the, these things, the, the connection is simply, when we talk about the end times and the, the things like the rapture and the tribulation and, and the judgment seat of Christ and the white throne judgment, which we're going to talk a little bit about each of those today with God permitting, um, the, the tie-in is that it's real. This isn't a story. This isn't just information. We go, oh, well, that's an interesting thing about our beliefs. But these are the things that are waiting, awaiting us as believers. That, that, 
there is a heaven coming. But before that heaven, if, before the end of times, before that final, final resting place that we're, we're with Jesus forever, that there's a number of things going on. And, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about those things. And I, I felt just impressed to tie in uh, what's happening in the world to say, you know, we don't live outside of the world, though we're not of the world. And so our understanding of, of the Bible and how it uh, plays out is going to affect how we live here today. I've, I've seen, you know, I, I hear people talking and there's a tendency that's happening in the next generation of people. And that would be maybe my generation and younger. And, they're, it's, and I believe it's a trap of the enemy to, to compartmentalize everything. I see believers who have a strong belief in Jesus Christ, who, who love God apparently, I can't judge that, but I've known them for a long time. And they compartmentalize their faith, but when it comes outside of them, they're also very accepting of everything else that's happening in the world. They can rejoice over um, homosexual marriages. Say, oh, I'm so happy for you. They, uh, they, They have an ability to, if somebody's not a believer, to kind of laugh at their at the things that they're doing, living in sin and, and other things. We, we're, we're, there's a, something happening in the next generation, and it's, you're probably seeing it maybe trying to encroach into you. It's to compartmentalize and say, well, I'm a believer, and I know what I believe, but, but I'm going to rejoice with everyone else no matter what they're doing. And I'm not going to stand up. I'm not going to help them find heaven. And it's a slow thing that's happening. God help us in this next generation. God help us. And so, so getting back to a strong understanding of what the Word of God says and understanding that it's not just coexisting and getting along and living together and singing kumbaya, but, but that the Bible is true. And what does the Bible say about our eternal destinations and what's, what's going to happen? I've, I've enjoyed my studying in the subject immensely. It's, it's challenging me. It's helping me to live and try to live eternally minded. It's been very challenging. Is a lot of information, even in, in coming up with you know what do we which where do we start and, and you know how do we continue on down the road of understanding the end times? It's it's difficult to sift through, but it needs to it needs to keep coming against us and saying okay the Bible is true. Where do we get our theology? Where do we get the way we live? It comes through the Bible, and so in this in the end times thing in the next couple of minutes it's going to hit a few of the um, few of the parts of what's what's coming up. We t- we talk about. The, the end times, and who, we'll just go, let's, talk, let's raise some hands over some of the things. Who's heard of the rapture? Okay, so most of us have heard, heard about the rapture. Who's heard of the word, the, the great tribulation? Okay, we got some under, people who've heard about that. Um, who's heard of the judgment seat of Christ? Okay, again, so, some people, some of the, the hands are not as much. I've heard of the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, good. See, quite a few, and there's a lot of people who have, and that's okay. This is why we're doing this. How about the, the second coming of Christ? Okay, good. Uh, millennium? The millennium. All right, see, it's about the, same for, for all, about the same amount of people. The great white throne judgment. Okay, all right. The second death, that term. Okay, a few, few less maybe on that one. And, of course, new heaven and new earth, and you've definitely heard that if you've been here because we've been saying that for weeks and weeks and weeks. Now, who wants to come up and put these in order? <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? You know, we've heard these terms, and we go, well, what's, what's coming? Well, these are all things that are, that are going to happen, 
towards the end of time before we're in our final destination, our final place of, of heaven, which is the new earth, living with God forever. And now, when we read the scriptures, the difficulty in a, in a task like this is that there are differing viewpoints of even if the rapture happens. Now, most evangelicals, which that's what we are evangelicals, most evangelicals believe that there is a rapture. We don't agree when it's going to happen. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So I'm not going to talk about for sure when the rapture is going to happen. Um, but, but there's differing viewpoints of the way you interpret the Bible. The tribulation period. Now, the tribulation period, briefly, is found in the book of Daniel, chapter 9. And it talks about the 70 weeks. There's, there's a process of 70 weeks. And that last week, it's called a week, is a period of seven years. A lot of, most Bible scholars agree. And that seven years is going to be a year, seven years of tribulation. The, the last three and a half years is going to be worse than the first three and a half. It's going to be really, really, really bad. And the Bible talks a lot about that seven-year period of time. Let's go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 24. I shouldn't even start this. really shouldn't. Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse um, 15, going through verse 21, talks about the great tribulation. This is also uh, found in, in the book of, of, of Mark. When I, for some reason, these notes don't include that part. But it says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. And we're not going to go into that, but that's the, the, the Antichrist who goes into the temple in the last times. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who's on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. Woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be a great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor shall ever be. And it says, unless those days were short, no flesh would be saved. This is talking about the great tribulation, the end of times, which is really found in the book of Revelation, starting in like, you know, chapter 6, all the way through towards the end, is talking about the wrath of God being poured out on the earth. It's talking about some very heavy, serious things happening in the last seven years leading up towards the end of times. And so if you want to have a little bit more information with not understanding a lot of it because it's difficult, go ahead and read Revelation. And you'll see, that the, you'll see the things that are supposed to happen in a seven-year period of time. And it talks about a third of the population being destroyed, rivers turning into to blood, the, the third of the stars falling down. And, and there's a lot of prophetical uh, views in there of what's going to happen. But basically, it's going to be a bummer. The Antichrist will come and he will, he will be become a one-world ruler during that seven years. And the, to be a Christian, to be a Jew, to be anyone who doesn't agree with the Antichrist, the Bible teaches that that means that we'll all be facing being beheaded, being persecuted. So this is that seven-year thing of what's called the tribulation. Some other scriptures, if you're writing notes, that you, you could read, and I want to read one of them, Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. So, so this, is, this whole idea of this, we're not going to spend a lot of time in each of these, but to give an understanding of what does this word mean? What's, what, is the, what are they talking about? Revelation 3, 10. 
is, talks about this, but it also then talks possibly about the rapture. It says, because you've kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. And so it's, it, it's, it's a time that's coming towards the end of times. And, and as you read the Revelation, you find out how bad it's going to be. This was referred to, if you may have heard of the word Jacob's trouble. Somebody says, I've heard that term before. This is what it's referred to as Jacob's trouble in the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. And so it's, it's a, a, a period of time that if it's literal, when I, I interpret this as a literal seven years, it's going to be a bummer to be around. So I'm going to go back and talk about the rapture real quick. The rapture is a belief in, in a teaching and understanding and theology that, that God will bring up those who've died, or those who are alive still on the earth, and they will meet him in the sky before he returns the second time. And, and it's kind of a get out of tribulation free for some. That, that he, he says that he will take them and save them from the hour of trial, from the hour of tribulation. So the rapture teaching is that it's a time that God would bring up those out of the tribulation. Now, the thing is, is there's multiple views on the rapture. There are some who believe it's going to happen before this tribulation. There's some that believe it's going to happen in the middle. And there's some that believe it's going to happen at the end of the tribulation. But most evangelicals say that a rapture will occur. And, and the teaching is, is that Jesus will save the Christians, those who are saved, from the great tribulation. Now, a lot of things happen during the tribulation, and, and I'm really praying about when we can have a, an in-depth study. Maybe we'll go for a number of Sunday nights and do something different and, and talk about the end times in depth in each one of these. So the rapture, so when we talk about, well, what was the rapture? Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. This is the, the key scripture for the teaching on what the rapture is. Chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Again, if you're taking notes, you want to write that down and read that, keep that there. It says, starting in verse 13, it says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, which we talked about that. That means they've died. So lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are, are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. And so this is the, this is the scripture that, that we, where we get the understanding that we will go up to meet Jesus in the air. Well, he says he's going to come back to earth a second time. But when he comes back the second time, he's coming all the way to the earth. So this meeting the Lord is not when he comes to earth. It's when we meet him in the air. And so that's the, the rapture. The other scripture that's important in understanding the rapture, one of them is, is 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll read that real quick. I'm hoping that this will pique your interest and say, wow, I'd like to learn more. But also what I want is to understand that these are just some of the things that will be happening before. And this is what we have to look forward to. And it could be happening any time. The Bible says, it talks about the rapture as being in any moment a twinkling of the eye event. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 51. 
I've seen this scripture posted on a lot of nurseries at churches. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. But for us, it's talking about we shall not all die, but we'll all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Remember, we talked about that we'll have a body in heaven, but it'll be a glorified body. So it's incorruptible, but we will be raised incorruptible. So the scripture is talking about that also. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, we're going to go. We're going to go. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was, I forget who it was. There was a, a lady, she says, she wrote a book, and some of you have it. I think my mom has it. says, he's going to toot, and we're going to scoot. <laughs> you know, at the last trumpet, we're going. And, and we're going to be caught up together with him. And I believe this is the talking about the rapture. Now, I'm not ashamed to tell you, I, I have most of my life been a pan-tribber, which meant... I think it's all going to pan out the way God wants. I don't know if it's pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture, pre-wrath, post-tribulation, pre-millennial tribulation. We've talked with Gary about some of these other, other views. and I don't know which one. Is, I, I am a pan-tribber. I don't know how it's going to be for sure. And it's going to eventually, it's just going to work out the way God wants. And so that's why I'm not ever dogmatic. I have been a mid-tribber. I've been a pan-tribber. Tribber. I, I've lent towards maybe the middle of the tribulation. I am actually coming towards very possibly that, I'm, that maybe it is the, the beginning of the tribulation. You know what's great about it? It doesn't matter. Though I, did, I, I was talking to somebody. I said, wouldn't it be really a bummer if this is one of those things where, where it was so be it according to your faith? That if you believed it was pre, you got to go pre. If you believed it was post, you got to go post. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a bummer because if you just by your believing, it would change it. But that's not the way God works. It's, he doesn't change according to the way we believe. It's going to happen, and we're just trying to figure it out. But we believe that there is this rapture. So, so there's going to be a tribulation, and possibly right at the beginning of the tribulation, the church is going to be raptured, and we're going to be out of here. And then the rest of the world is going to have to figure out on their own. And so one of the things that's going to happen during tribulation is that there's going to be two prophets sent from heaven to preach the gospel and to convert those. Why, and why would that happen? Because there aren't any Christians to preach the gospel. So that's one of the leanings for that. So there's a rapture, and that's going to be where we're going to meet Jesus. We're going to be, we're going to be with him until the end of times from that moment on. Now, from that point, the, the time gets really short. So we have, I'm going to put it in, into where I believe it's going to happen. So I think there's going to be a rapture. And then a seven-year tribulation period. And then from there, you, some of the other things, and we'll put them in, into order. There's going to be, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stop. We're gonna, I, I know, I know, but if I start going to the next ones, I've got to go to the next ones and the next ones and the next ones. Isn't that, isn't that horrible? So next week, we're just going to go right in, right in for it. We're going to start. We're just going to start. We won't do anything different. So... So, but some of the, the things we're talking about is what is the rapture? What is the tribulation? What's the judgment seat of Christ? We're going to start with that next week. What's the marriage supper of the Lamb? How about the, the second coming? Is that the same as the rapture? 
Is that different? We're going to talk about what, what some, some of the, the differences in understanding. We're going to talk about the millennium, that thousand-year period at the, at the end of time, at the end of tribu- tribulation. We'll, we'll go over the great white throne judgment, which is pretty short, but it's extremely important, the second death, the new heaven and earth. And we'll just highlight each of those, and then, and then we'll go back into, so after all that, what will heaven be like? Um, and so we're going to, boy, I want to keep going, but, but we can't. But we can look forward to sometime these things are going to come to pass. And we've been waiting for them since I, I got saved. There's been a lot of talk of the end times. In fact, when I got saved, it was real, real high on everyone's talking. You know, oh, man, he's coming back. There was a lot of movies out, and, and, there, and, and it's kind of waned off being on, the, on our radar. I want it to come back onto our radar. Not so that we, we, we live only heavenly-minded that we're no earthly good, but that we understand that it is an any-moment thing, which if we're not re- we want to be ready for, and we want our neighbors to be ready for, and our family members to be ready for. And, and so that's why we want to bring these, these topics up. But, Father, this is, uh, it's been an interesting, interesting morning, God, and that's the life we live in. Father, we, we have catastrophes and we have weddings and wonderful things and we have, have deaths and, and we have marriages and, God, we have, we have the spectrum of, of, of events happening in the world and even in our own lives. And pray that you'd help us to walk through and, and navigate it and understand who you are in the midst of everything. God, as we are, are just kind of going over this information even quickly these 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 things we want to understand better that there is a real eternity coming that there is a real judgment that that's going to come that, that that there's a tribulation period that's worse than what we're seeing in other countries happen today for for the people who live on this earth god we desire that we would be as ready as we can and that we'd be help others to be ready to know you father um Open up our hearts to receive the things that you have. Continue to challenge us in, in, in the word and to live biblically, to live godly, righteous lives in this, in this crazy world. Lord, to let the, the word of God be what directs us and not our feelings and any, or anything else. Father, I pray for everyone in this room this morning, God, that you would, you would bless them right where they're at, that you would touch them, help them to know you in a deeper way. God, that whatever their need might be, Lord, you can meet it. And we pray that you might put on other believers' hearts to go and minister one to another and help meet the needs that are happening and present this morning. I pray that if anyone would need prayer, that you would, um, that you would really challenge them and help them to have the courage to ask somebody, to come forward and just ask somebody else to, for prayer and that, that we could see the body love and care for one another this morning. Father, watch over us this week, this day, in Jesus' name. Amen.